Hey, my name is Matt, and I'm excited to be here. I'm one of the pastors here, and excited to share with you a little bit this morning. Uh, so last week, we began this new series titled Five Words That Will Change Your Life. And uh, if you missed last week, let me get you, catch you up to speed real quick. But basically, the idea is that words have the power to build up, the power to tear down, the power to encourage, the power to give hope. And so what we're doing is each week we're looking at one particular word and focusing on that word for the week and how that word can have an impact on our lives. And as we look at this, at these different words, we recognize that there are desires in all of us, in all humans, the world over, all cultures that are very similar. That we all have a desire for love. We all have a desire for relationship. We all have a desire for significance. And as we look at these five words, they're going to push us towards these things that are the desires of all of our hearts. And so last week, the word that we looked at was no. And what we talked about is the fact that our lives can become so overburdened, overscheduled, overspent, and so forth, that we, we just don't have any time margin and it just can kind of suck the life out of us. And so we talked about this idea that when our priorities and our purpose is clear, then it allows us to say no. And this is not saying no just for selfishness, I want more about me, but it's this idea of understanding our priorities and our purpose as it relates to God. And we kind of use no as the scalpel that cuts things out of our lives so we can do what's important to God. And so this morning, the word that we're going to use, the word that we're going to look at is the word Yes. And um, so last week, I showed you an emoji of myself, and many of you liked the emoji, and you're wanting to see the emoji today of me saying yes. I know you're just edging your seat. Um, however, I also want to let you know, and you all know this already, but uh, tomorrow is the eclipse, right? And we've all heard you can't look at the eclipse unless you have the special glasses, right? Or some pinhole sort of thing, otherwise you'll go blind. Everybody know that? Yeah. So I feel like this morning we kind of need to practice for that because you are really excited to see my bitmoji in a second, but you're also really excited to see the eclipse tomorrow, okay? But you need to learn restraint. So here's what we're going to do. If you have your solar eclipse glasses with you, put them on, okay? Nobody has them? Okay. So I'm going to put up the bitmoji of myself, but don't look at it, okay? Close your eyes, shade your eyes, whatever it takes, but don't look at the bitmoji because this is practice for tomorrow when you're going to want to look at the eclipse of the sun, but you shouldn't. Is everybody with me? All right, so close your eyes, shade your eyes, don't look. All right, put it up on the screen. Okay, take it off. Okay, some of you laughed. You saw the bitmoji. Your eyes are going to get fried tomorrow if you do that. All right, so for all of you, here's the bitmoji of yes. There we go. So it's a total, or a 90% eclipse of me saying yes. So, uh, but here's the thing. So last week we talked about no. This week is yes. And it may be a little bit like, okay, are these people really confused? Is Matt really confused? Is no or is it yes? Is next week, let's do the sermon maybe, and then we'll kind of complete the thing here. So it will not be maybe next week. Um, but we are going to talk about yes. And we're talking about what does it mean to say yes to God's best. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to look into your word, to understand what you want from us, uh, and to be able to say yes to the things that you want from us and for us. Uh, help us as we look into your word to hear from you. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's the question I have for you. Is why is it hard to say yes to God? Why is it hard to say yes to God? And when I say yes to God, it's, I mean, if we're honest with each other, it's easy to say yes to God when we're sitting in this room, right? But it's a lot harder to say yes to God when we drive off the hill into the real world. It's a lot harder to say yes to God when we get home. It's a lot harder to say yes to God when we get to work on Monday or tonight or whenever you work. It's just harder. Here it's kind of easy, like, yes, yes, I'm all in for God. But when we drive off the hill, when we go home, when we go to work, it gets a little bit harder. And so I want us to just talk about that this morning. Why is it hard to say yes to God? And, and we're going to talk about it in kind of three different circles. For some of you, the yes this morning has to do with salvation, that maybe you've been coming to River Ridge for a little while, or maybe this is your first time and a friend invited you and you were just kind of curious and they said, hey, come check this place out. There's a band or, or however they got you to come here. But now you're investigating Christianity. You're trying to figure out, is this whole thing true? Is Jesus really the son of God? Did he really die for sins? Did he really rise from the dead? Is what the Bible says about Jesus true? And you've got doubts and you're kind of wondering about things but the yes for you is saying yes to salvation, saying yes to heaven, and wondering, okay, what is life going to look like if I do that? And so that's maybe for some of you who are wrestling with that question of yes to salvation, yes to a relationship with Christ. For others of us, the yes has to do with obedience. And that's the question that we're wrestling with for us, is this is what God says in the Bible, and am I going to follow it? Am I going to say yes to doing what is clear that God has told me and all people to do? You know, God says to tithe, to give, to be generous. Am I going to say yes to that? God says to love people who are hard to love. Am I going to say yes to that? You know, God says to forgive people even though they don't deserve it. Am I going to say yes to that? God says to be pure, sexually pure in our relationships. Am I going to say yes to that? God says to honor your mother and father. Am I going to say yes to that? And all those things are very clear from God's word. And are we going to say yes to those types of things? Here's the third type of yes. Is are we going to say yes to the promptings of the Holy Spirit? That there are times in our lives where the Holy Spirit will speak to us. And, and nudge us or prompt us to do something. But things, it's things that aren't necessarily laid out specifically in the Bible. You know, that you may have a, a prompting of the Holy Spirit to reach out and to go pray with somebody in the office next to you. Or you have a prompting to maybe reach out and help a homeless woman or a homeless man that you see on the streets. Or maybe there's a prompting for you to quit your job and to do something for a nonprofit or to adjust your schedule in a major way for ministry. You know, there's all these different things that it's not black and white. Everybody should go on a missions trip, but maybe God is prompting you to go on a missions trip. And do you say yes? Do we listen to those promptings of the Holy Spirit? And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at a passage in the Bible. And it's a passage which admittedly is probably one of the most famous passages in the Bible. It's the story where Jesus walks on water and he invites Peter to walk on water with him. And we're going to look at this story because it's a great example for us of what it means to say yes. 
And for Peter, he was saying yes to God's best. And that's what we want to talk about for us. What does it mean? We're going to look at his story. And it really encapsulates so much of what we want life to be about. We want to live life in relationship with God. We want to live life with purpose and adventure and excitement. And Peter experiences all of that as he says yes to Jesus. So if you have your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 22. Uh, If you have a Bible app, you can open that. And if you don't, it'll be on the screen behind me. Begins with this, verse 22. It says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. So this sets up what's going on here. And what comes before this is probably one of the other most famous passages in terms of Jesus' life is the uh, feeding of the 5,000. So that happens just before this. And Jesus dismisses the people after they've eaten. And so the people go one way. He sends his disciples across the lake this way. And then it says Jesus went up on a mountainside to pray. Right? And this is not the point of the message, but I love the fact that Jesus went and spent time intentionally with his heavenly Father. And I think if Jesus needed to spend time in prayer to his heavenly Father, man, how much more do we need to spend a daily, regular time with our heavenly Father? So he sends people in these different directions. And then verse 25 says, And in the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea. Now the fourth watch of the night means it was sometime between 3 a.m., and 6 a.m., and says that Jesus came walking to them on the sea. Now, here's the problem with this story, right? Is most of us, if not all of us, are too familiar with it. Where you read it and go, oh, Jesus was walking on the water. Okay, next verse. Like, that would have been absolutely astounding, amazing to see that, and also terrifying. We were in, um, this summer we were in Africa, and we got to spend a little bit of time on the coast at this beach, uh, and we were looking over the um, Indian Ocean, and it was low tide, and the tide had gone way, way down and way, way out, and there were these guys that we had met, uh, one guy from Morocco, one guy from Israel who were friends, and they were out there walking on, the, um, on low tide, and there was probably between a half inch and an inch of water that they were walking on out there, and it was the coolest thing because it looked like they were walking on water. And it reminded me of this story of how awesome it would have been to see Jesus walking on water. So here's the disciples' reaction. Verse 26. It says, But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. So that was their reaction. If you have a pen, I'm going to ask you to circle a couple of words or underline a couple of words here, three different words. The word terrified in verse 26, the middle of it. At the end of verse 26, the word fear. At the end of verse 27, the word afraid. That that was their reaction. In a very short amount of time, it says fear, afraid, and terrified. That this was freaking them out because they saw a guy in the middle of a storm walking on the water. And I, and I bring that back to us for just a second when we're talking about saying yes. 
and we're going to talk about this in a few minutes, but there's a fear of saying yes. And so here they are. They're looking at Jesus. He talks about fear, being afraid and terrified. So then here's what happens, verse 28. It says, And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Now, as I read this story, there are hundreds of questions that go through my mind about that I would love to sit and go to the Peter Walked on Water seminar in heaven and kind of ask some questions. But here's some questions that I would ask. I would ask Peter, I'd say, Peter, when you said, Lord, if it's you, ask me to come out, tell me to come out there, did you really think that Jesus would say something? Did you really think that there'd be an answer from that ghost or Jesus? Did you really think that or were you just saying that? And then my second question would be this. I'd say, Peter, how much thought did you give to asking, should I come out? Right? Because what's been said about Peter is his philosophy of life is ready, fire, aim. Right? And, and was he going, yeah, that was kind of a ready, fire, aim. I should have thought about that a little more. Or did he think about it? You know, and the other question I would ask for, about Peter is I'd say, what did it feel like? Like when you stepped out of the boat, what did it feel like on your feet? Or were you wearing sandals? Because it says earlier, it says there was a storm that was going on. So this wasn't calm water. It was ripply wave-covered water. You know, and so as he walked, could he feel the little ripples in the water? Or was it just sort of squishy? Or was it hard, brittle, like, kind of like walking on pavement? I just, just questions that I have curiosity about. What was that experience like for him? So then here's what happens. Verse 30. It says, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Underline that word again. It says he was afraid. There's that fear. It says he was afraid. He says he was looking at Jesus, and then he looked around, and he saw the wind and the waves, and that's when he became afraid, when he took his eyes off of Jesus. He says this prayer, Lord, save me. It is just an incredibly short and powerful prayer. That's it. Lord, save me. Now, again, we've read this passage a lot, and maybe you've read this, maybe you've heard this a lot. This may be a little bit less familiar, but he says, Lord, save me, right? And as I think about this, that was not his only option. Like, we've, maybe you've read it so many times, you go, then he said, Lord, save me. But what were his other options? You know, he could have just sunk and swam back to the boat. That could have been an option. He could have turned around and said to his buddies in the boat, hey, Peter, hey, I mean, he is Peter, hey, John, throw me an oar, help me get back in. He could have turned around and said some of them. He could have just freaked out, which I think a lot of us would do. It's like, oh, it's a storm. I'm sinking. But what does he do? He looks at Jesus, and he says, Lord, save me. And that's such a great example for us and such a great challenge for us because this was a, a split-second decision. He didn't have a whole lot of time to figure out, okay, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? What are my options? He didn't wade through his options. His answer was, Lord, save me right away. That was what he went to. And I kind of ask that question when we get in trouble, when we get a difficult situation, what's our knee-jerk quick reaction? Is it Lord, save me? Or is it, oh, no, what's going to happen to me? Or do we look to friends? Or is it Lord, save me? 
So he begins to sink, and then Jesus says this. Jesus let Peter sink because he had failed at walking on water with enough faith. Is that? Oh, that's not the verse that it says. You know, that, that wasn't what he said. He didn't say, huh, too bad for you. This is what he says, verse 31. It says, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind, uh, into the boat, the wind ceased. Underline, highlight, circle, star, point to, whatever it takes to remember, says Jesus immediately, immediately. He didn't let him sink far down immediately. As soon as he said, Lord, save me, immediately he sprung into action. And then he says these words, which are a little bit odd to us. He says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You know, he wasn't getting on Peter. He was, this was not chastising him or telling him he had, he had no faith or he was, had a problem kind of thing. What he was saying to him, he was saying, you did okay, but it takes more faith. Keep sticking with the faith that you had when you were looking at me in the eyes. And I think about a comparison to help us to understand this phrase that Jesus used is, I was down at the Capitol yesterday. I did this thing called the Walk for Hope to help with this organization called uh, Hope for Appalachia. And as I was down there, there was a, a dad with his son on a bicycle. And the kid was probably, the boy was probably five years old, maybe four years old, maybe six, but he was about that age, about five years old. And the dad was teaching him how to ride a bike. And I remember when I was learning how to ride a bike, and I can remember teaching all my kids how to ride a bike. You know, and so I would hold on, they would pedal, I would hold on to the back of the seat, and they would, you know, pedal, pedal, pedal as fast as they could. And when they got enough speed, then I would let go, right? And then the kid, I think, would figure out that dad let go, and they'd stop pedaling and freak out and fall down, right? You know, and if you have kids, you probably did that with them. If you are a kid, you may remember that. And what did you say to your kids? What did you say to your son or your daughter who fell down? Did you go, you are such an idiot. You can't ride a bike. We're giving this up to you can drive. No, you don't say that. You go, that's all right. You did great. Get back on. Keep pedaling. Have faith and keep pedaling. If you keep pedaling, you'll keep going. You'll stand up. You know, you'll stay up straight. That's the sense of what, what Jesus says to Peter here. He's saying, keep going. Have faith. You, you had a slip, but you're going to keep going, and this is going to work out. I also think about the reaction of the other disciples. You know, so one guy walks on water, 11 guys in their boat. And what was their reaction? You know, were they looking at Peter going, what an idiot, I can't believe he fell. Were they looking at Peter and going, man, too bad for you? I don't think so. I'm not sure, it doesn't say. But I would think that they would look at Peter and go, man, I wish that I'd said yes. I wish that I had asked, can I come out on the water with you? Maybe I should ask now. I think that they felt like they missed out on something that was awesome, and they got to only watch it from the boat. So then it continues on in verse 33. It concludes. It says, And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. It says that they worshipped him. When it says that they worshipped him, what do you envision? I mean, do you envision that, you know, John whips out a guitar and starts playing Good, Good Father, and then you know, Bartholomew goes, no, let's play one way, or, you know, no, let's sing Amazing Grace. You know, when we think of worship, we think of singing. I don't think they sat there and sang 
to Jesus. You see, worship is when you honor God with your life. Worship is when you say yes to God. And that's what this whole passage boils down to. It's a great story. It's exciting to tell. It's exciting to kind of picture in our minds. But what it boils down to is they said, truly you are the Son of God. You are the Son of God, and we worship you, and we lay our lives down before you. We say yes to all and everything that you're about. That's what they did in the boat. And that's what God calls us to as well, is to say yes, to worship Jesus. And the way that we worship Jesus is by saying yes, by honoring him in everything and in all that we do. We say yes to God's best. But yet we look at this passage and we look at our lives and we know that we have fear. That we have some fears about if I say yes, then this might happen. And so I want us to explore this idea, these fears, for the last couple minutes that we're together. And we're going to talk about three different fears that we experience. And maybe when you think about the yes that you're considering, uh, it may be one of these fears or all these fears that hold you back from saying yes. And part of talking about the fears, and we won't necessarily say the solution is this, the solution is this, but part of it is when we lay our fears out there, that God can work with that and help us through those fears. So here's the first fear. It's the fear of being wrong. Fear of being wrong. You know, maybe the thing that you're thinking about saying yes to is saying yes to Jesus for salvation. You're thinking, I may say yes. I'm feeling like maybe this is the time to give my life to Christ. Instead of trying to earn my way to heaven, instead of trying to go this path or that path, it's time to say yes. But yet there's fears involved with that. There's fears of, what if there is no heaven? There's fears of, what if I get this thing wrong? But there's fear there. And it's okay to acknowledge that, to say, hey, you know, I don't have this whole thing figured out but I have a fear of maybe I don't have this thing right. And it's interesting if you think about the fear of, well, maybe there is no heaven. You know, if, if Christianity is not right and all of us are wrong who believe in Christ, if we're wrong, we'll never know it because we'll just die and, you know, worms will eat our bodies. It's just sort of an interesting thing with that, but a bit morbid too. You know, here's another part of fear is when I think about, and, and for me, what really resonates from this message a lot is, the, is um, saying yes to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, that I want to be in touch and be in tune with the Holy Spirit, and when he says yes, but there's a part of me that's a fear of, well, what if I think God is prompting me to do something? What if the Holy Spirit is prompting me to do something, and it, it doesn't come from him? What if I'm wrong about kind of hearing from him? This... Um, past, uh, it was about a year and a half ago, um, Stacy and I were at a, a kind of a Young Life Africa conference in Atlanta. And, I, and just before this, we'd been through some really some rough stuff uh, with one of our kids. And just stuff that was just eating away at us and just parent type of stuff that was just, we are just struggling. We are really struggling. And so in the middle of this time of worship, um, you know, somebody's playing guitar and there's some prayer going on and, and so forth. This guy, Steve, comes over, and Steve is the director of Young Life Africa. Comes over to Stacy and I, and he says, um, I feel like the Lord prompted me. I feel like the Holy Spirit prompted me to come and talk to you for just a minute. And, and he gave me this picture of a storm, and that you guys are in the middle of a storm, 
but that he wants you to know that there's calm on the other side. And he understands and he knows what you're going through and it's going to be okay. And, and he had no idea what was going on with one of our kids. Um, and it just, it brought us to tears. And I look at that and I look back at that and, and things with the, with the kid did turn out well. Um, but I look back at that and I'm so thankful that Steve listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit because it gave us incredible peace, incredible, incredible assurance that God was with us through this storm and that there was peace and calm on the other side. And so, yeah, we may have fears that is it from God or is it not, but when we listen to it and follow it, man, the say yes, the, we're talking about this idea of saying yes to God's best. We receive God's best because Steve listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Here's the second fear. It's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of the unknown. You know, Peter didn't know what would happen. When he stepped out of the, out of the boat, there was an unknown quantity there. He didn't know if he would sink. He didn't know what it would feel like. He didn't know exactly. He could have been, you know, there was a fear there, the fear of the unknown. And the same is true for us, that when we say yes to God, we don't necessarily know what's going to happen. You know, if you're here this morning, you're considering saying yes to God, to salvation, you don't know what tomorrow brings and what God is going to have and how God is going to orchestrate and arrange your life. You know, when we talk about saying yes to God in obedience, that all the things that are written in here and God's put something on your heart saying, you know, it's time to say yes to this. God says this and it's time for me to say yes and get in line with what God wants that to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. There is absolutely a fear there that we forgive somebody and they go and do the same thing again. You know, that we start saying, hey, I'm going to honor God with my money. I'm going to start giving. And then we become short on cash. I mean, there is certainly a fear of the unknown. And how do we deal with that? Talk about one more and then we'll kind of wrap up this fear thing together. The third one is this, is the fear of failure. You know, what if I say yes to a relationship with Christ and I fail? Well, you probably are. Nobody, you know, nobody gets it right the first time. We continue to walk with God and God comes alongside of us. You know, what if I listen to the promptings of God and I, and I share the gospel with somebody and they don't respond? Or I invite somebody to church and they say, no thanks. Or I offer to pray with somebody and they say, no, that, that's weird. I don't want to do that. And we have this fear of failure. Or what if I step up to lead? Or what if I step up to serve and I take this opportunity that God is putting in front of me and I fail? What happens then? You know, and we have these fears in us. And the fact is, when we say yes to God, there are going to be times that we fail. You know, and I don't want to sound like a motivational speaker, but every failure is a step towards success. Right? And failure is okay. But here's, as we look at this whole idea of fear together, whether it's the fear of failure or the fear of being wrong or the fear of the unknown, there's something about understanding fear in connection and relationship to faith. You see, when we say yes to God, that doesn't mean that we don't have any fears. That when we say yes to God, what we're doing is we're stepping out in faith, saying yes to God's best. We're stepping out in faith despite the fact that we still have some doubts and fears in our life. 
And that's what faith is. It's saying, I'm going to step out. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to trust God for the results, even though I'm not certain of what the future is going to hold for me. That's what it means to say yes. You know, this morning I've talked about saying yes to God in salvation. And I want to give that opportunity this morning. If you're here this morning and you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, that you're not sure that when you die that you're going to heaven, I want to give you this opportunity this morning to say yes to Christ. And it's basically, it's a prayer. You just say, God, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. And I place my faith in him as my Savior. You can say that in whatever simple words you want. But I encourage you, if you're here this morning, you've never placed your faith in Christ is to say yes and to receive Christ as your Savior this morning. I want to wrap up with one thought about fear. Um, You know, we can talk about the fear of saying yes and what happens, but for me, there's also a flip side of the fear of if I say no. Because what I want, in my life, and I think this is probably true of you, but what I want is I want as much and all of what God has for me as possible. I want to live life to the fullest. I want to live life in relationship with God. I want to do what God wants me to do. And the more that I do what God wants me to do and the more I live in a relationship, the more blessed my life is going to be. And saying yes to what God puts in front of me is part of that. And I have a fear of saying no to what God says because I'm going, to miss out, I'm going to miss out on the best that God has for me. And so for me, that's huge because I don't want to miss out on anything that God has for me. I want the absolute best that God has for me. And so that means saying yes first in salvation and then in obedience to God's word and then saying yes to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that you reached out to us in your son Jesus and that we can have a relationship with him. And then all along the way, we say yes. We say yes to Jesus. We say yes to your promptings. We say yes to following your word. Give us the courage to do that, Lord. Lord, the fears will always be there, but we can still say yes in the midst of our fears because that's acting on our faith. Give us the courage to do that, not just here in this room, But when we go off this hill, when we get in our homes, when we go to work this week, to school, give us the courage to say yes. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.